CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to CrossPolitik with Gabe Wrench, the water boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to CrossPolitik Live. Thank you for joining us. We've been on the air for not quite a year yet, and uh, we took the month of August off here. Who, who are you? Who, who, what? who are you? Who are me? I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you for a whole month. Like a month. Yeah. So normally we record every Friday, and uh, I don't get to hear... I haven't seen David or uh, Toby for oh, a whole month. Oh, stop, you're crying. I know, it's been really uh, sad. Your beard is looking really good. It isn't it. <laughs> I mean, thank you. <laughs> thank you, yes. And so, we have a couple guests with us. We'll get into further introductions later, but we got uh, Lieutenant Brad Little and Dr. Tommy Alquist. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thank and you it, for having us. It's okay to clap. Y'all can do that. Come on, clap. Clap. All right, there we go. All right. Take your shoes off. Relax. Don't be nervous like us. Come on now. I think you should clap for David's beard, too. It deserves a clap, too. It's all right. It's all right. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be here all night. It's going to be here all night. I could never do this. That's okay. So real quick, a little bit about our show since, since we're actually in front of a live audience. Um, we started last September uh, with about um, uh, we're online show. We started with about 200 downloads a month. Now we're getting over 20,000 downloads a month. We're streamed live all over the U.S., Canada, Japan, Australia. Uh, Mexico, um, I don't know, where else? Turkey. Spain, Spain, Turkey. Turkey, that's right, Turkey, Malaysia. We got listeners we've corresponded with from there. So um, uh, we are a Christian show. We want the Lordship of Jesus proclaimed over everything. Oh, and we got some beer. Hey! hey. That's yeah, what I'm talking some? about. Yeah, want some beer? That's what I'm talking about. This is a real beer. This is a real beer. beer. Let me taste it for you. This is a Protestant thing, Brad. Okay, man? Yeah, it's good. This is the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, you know? Hey, hey, there we go. Give it up. Yep. All right? All right. Martin Luther. If, if you guys want some beer, you just tell Josh, okay? He'll, he'll bring he you some beer or some coffee. He just randomly brings us beer on the stage. It's great. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. This beer's from Tapped. Y'all give it up for Tapped. Oh, Tapped, yeah. There we go. So uh, let's, let's kind of get into I'm going to let you guys kind of intro yourself here on the show. That's how we do it because also your bios are just too long for me to read. So let's start with you, um, uh, Brad, I'm not going to call you a lieutenant. Perfect. Brad, okay? <laughs> Brad. Brad, let's not be formal here on the show. Um, you have grown up, you were born in Idaho, grew up here, you're a cattle rancher, and um, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can make a living. Well, well actually, uh, my, my kids and my grandkids have deep roots right here uh, in, in, the, in the Palouse area. Uh, my, let's see, it's my, our kids' great 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 grandfather was actually a, a union civil war grant out by genesee wow and so my 
There's a post out here? Uh, no. no. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, my, my wife's cousin's still farming that ground uh, that in 1877 was awarded uh, to her great-great-great-grandfather uh, Civil War, and it's still in the family. Wow. Matter of fact, there's a, uh, I like to tell this story, there's a lilac bush there that they brought over in a potato when they came from back east that they, that they planted there, and that lilac bush is there, and my kids and we all have lilacs in our yard mm-hmm. uh, that were from that original uh, stock that was here, uh, wow. came that that far. So got some roots here. I do have yeah, roots. That is some roots. I like roots. He's already on the stump. That, I love Idaho. We got roots here. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our table. Our table was actually donated by one of our listeners. This is um, 1800s, 19th century reclaimed wood. Yes. So there we go. I'm, I'm tying that back in. That's got what it. we call right. roots. It's a roots. I learned that at University of Idaho when I went there that there's this thing called um, Clark's Famous Bag Theory is what we called it where you tie everything back into the story. So there you go. Dr. Tommy, Tommy, tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, first came to Idaho in the 80s to play basketball in college. I knew your hat was there for a reason. I played basketball in college. Yeah, in California, though. Did you? Yeah. Here at UI? There we go. Where where at? At Rick's College. We played North Idaho. Okay, Uh, so, so... Rick's is now Idaho. called BYU-Idaho. Yeah, yeah. yep. There you go. Oh, which, is, which is the largest college in Idaho. Yeah, yeah 31,000 yeah. students. Yeah. Uh, went away to medical school and residency in emergency medicine at the University of Arizona. Then back here, worked as an ER doc in Idaho. I've seen over 40,000 patients in Idaho in the emergency wow. room. Uh, but I consider myself more of a business guy. I own my own businesses all through school, work night shifts in the ER. I, I have a med tech company that I still own that I started in 2001, and then a commercial real estate company and a couple other companies. Uh, so, so business guy and a doctor, and, and first time in politics for me. So it's been it's been an experience. And, and we were talking earlier that be, you getting in politics now, you got to like try to talk people into liking you. Yeah, I told you. Everyone says, "What's the most surprising thing?" And, and you know, when you're when you're in the ER and you, you you just you're yourself, you talk to people in business, you just are who you are, and you build relationships. But in politics, and all the live patients who walk out, they like you. <laughs> they like you. They like you. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Most of them like you. It depends on what they're there for. Yeah. Until they see that bill. Those stories are for another, sto- another show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, and then uh, th- this jump into politics, you have to start going into rooms and asking people to like you. And yeah. uh, I'm getting used to that. It's been six months. Uh, now we have friends in a lot of places and just starting to really love it now. Uh, but at first, it's a little odd to... to Right. To get out and get yourself known, but it's, so, it's been fun. So, yeah. Brad, do people like you? Because you've been in politics. So. <laughs> None of my patients ever died. So. <laughs> I like Brad. <laughs> you might not before this is over. <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it's it's not dissimilar to when I was. You know, I've been selected in leadership in the livestock industry and business and philanthropy. I represent the University of Idaho Foundation for a while. So, you know those. Those relationships that you learn at those times and those organizations to try and make things happen are not dissimilar from politics, but politics is a little strange. Yeah. But if, if it's strange in Idaho, it's a lot stranger everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, one of, one of the things that we want to do on the show is we want politics to kind of um, uh, lose, lose its, um, uh, its lane, lose its um, – uh, fill in my words. Help me out here, man. Come on. <laughs> I don't know what we're um, – uh, uh, lose it. Yeah, we we wanted to to be. We want politicians to be real. We've we've interviewed um, Ted Cruz, um, uh, Ben Carson, yep. uh, Russ Fulcher. We've had him on the show. Steve Yates came through um, here two months ago, Dan three Foreman? months ago. Dan Foreman came Who's here? Through. In, in the audience. Yeah, hey, Dan. Dan's here. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Yeah. hey, Dan. Thanks for being here. Yep. And 
And uh, when we have them on the show, we, we kind of want to get past this, this political stump speech that we know, we know you guys do all up and down the state of Idaho. Automatically. Automatically. Okay. Right. We know, when I interviewed Ted Cruz, man, that guy kept going back to his two lanes. <laughs> two lanes. Two lanes. <laughs> That's all he had was two lanes. Ben Carson had two and a half, and I could get him off it a little bit, but I wasn't that good of an interviewer. Um, and so that's, that's one, one of the things that we really want to try to do on the show is kind of get past the uh, – um, uh, uh, and get real with each other. So now that we got you here and that list of questions we sent you, <laughs> <laughs> let's get real. The, the, list, the list I sent your uh, – that was just, just to get you. Just toss that out. We're just... So who voted for Trump? Did you vote for Trump? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually probably could have lied about it because no one knows, but I didn't. I, uh, oh. I one of my uh, one of my passions has been taking care of victims of sexual assault and domestic abuse my yeah. entire career. Mm-hmm. It's my absolute passion. You guys get that? He didn't vote for Trump. We got any researchers in the audience? I'm sorry, you were saying. All right. So so, uh, I voted early. It was right after his comments. Uh, I was Marco. I was a Marco Rubio guy. I was his uh, state co-chair. And uh, that was my guy, and he made those comments. Domestic violence is incredibly important to me, and I wrote in Marco Rubio. All right. Hey. You wrote him in. So why'd you vote for Trump, Brad? He he was the best candidate on the general ballot by light years. How do you think that's gone? And especially, (laughs) you know, how do you feel about it now? Well. I mean, especially with Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is damning you right now, Brad. I, 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 I get that, but you know, I mean, I can list off thirty things that that are way better today than they were a year ago as a result of the change in administration. And can you give pro- us a few? Give us a few. Well, well the problem is Twitter kind of masks a lot of the good things that are being done. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's all the areas that impact our our lives in Idaho, you know, healthcare. Um, uh, law enforcement, uh, obviously what, he want, what he's doing in education. There's so many places, uh, you know, the appointment process. Uh, I, I, today we were talking about uh, some of the appointments to the judiciary. Obviously the Supreme Court, to me, was the biggest one. That was, the, sure. that was sure. a no-brainer yeah. decision for me yeah, was right. because of the Supreme Court. Okay. And, but a lot of the other judicial appointments that are being appointed. I mean, it, this is making, you know, you talk about turning a battleship. This was a tight turn. Uh, this was a very tight turn in the direction that I was very Talk specifically about, about Idaho. Yeah. How, how's Trump's administration affected Idaho? Well, our, A, we've been saying, you know, we believe in the fundamental tenets of the Tenth Amendment, that, that there's been all this gravity right. sucking a, a lot of these programs to the federal government mm. and we want to raise our hands and ask hey, for those give him back. an organ give him an oh, organ no, come I, on, it's come on. Not not yet, not yet. hold on i got you i'm ready i got you don't worry i got you i got you i'm coming your way don't worry um so trump good for idaho ultimately mm-hmm. because we can make some radical moves now that we have a conservative so it's good for you because if you were I got you. If you were governor, <laughs> if you were governor, you could make some radical moves knowing that you have a conservative president, Senate, House, it's all ours, right? You know, they have a very difficult time. Uh, Senator Foreman and I were talking about this right before we came out here, getting anything done. If they can give us that authority back, we can move so much faster and get so much more done here. And that's all they have to do. I think, I, I think that's an interesting statement. If they could give us that authority back. Oh, yeah. Wh- why did they need to give us that authority back? 
Well, I mean, I, I mean we, I, we should just assume that state's authority because it's already there. You got some patience. I just want is you that, to is know that. Coming? Really is that coming, Tommy? Tommy. All right, Tommy. Come on. Listen, here's my philosophy in life, whether it's in my home or whether it's in a business or wherever. The closer the giver is to the receiver, the better that is. Mm-hmm. And when you've got bureaucrats in Washington making decisions for us, that is never good. Yeah. Get that back to the state. That's okay. You we can, okay. We can do a little we can clap. So, 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 so you think about, and we probably will get into a little bit of health care tonight, I hope. Yeah. Unless, you're stacking the against, there, unless you're stacking the deck against me. You have no but, idea. But listen, in, in, in health care, if you look at the disaster of health care, we can go back to when it started. It's the federal involvement in pricing health care instead of us delivering health care at the cost that got us into the mess we're in. Yeah. And with Obamacare, we doubled down on that. You look at mandates that have come down to every single industry. I've interviewed over 100 businesses now in this little few months. Every one of them will tell you mandates are killing them. So you look yeah. at premiums, you look at mandates, you look at all the things. So of course, uh, we are headed in the right direction. I think we just, we, we, we were asleep at, at how mandates and regulation were eating us up yeah. and, and we were losing control at the state level. We need that back. We have a chance to do that. But now. Doc, Doc, can I call you Doc? Yeah. We've been friends now. You, you, can, like, you can call him Chocolate Knox. He can call you Doc. Yeah, yeah. I want to call all you right? Chocolate Thunder. That, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. You... You got um, him. You got him. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know what to say now. Da, da, no one, no one has ever told you that. <laughs> no, I've heard it before. Just don't yell chocolate down the street, okay? Chocolate! Don't do that. It doesn't go over well. Okay? All right. Uh, <laughs> what, you, what you don't understand is that now that we have Trump in office, conservative president in office, we, do, we get to do some radical things here in the state, Right. This is where you jump yeah. in. Correct. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so now he's on your so side. Let's, so All let's right. do them. So, let's tell them no on insurance. Before Obamacare, 13 mandates on insurance policies in Idaho. It was affordable. Now there's 55 mandates. We tell them no. We're not doing – fine us. Do whatever. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to make insurance affordable. Yeah. We, need to, we need to roll back regulations in medicine, in education. We need to bring that back here. Yeah, yeah. We can do better here than they do well, telling us what to do. They just got the power. We just got the power with Trump. So yeah. that's what Lieutenant Governor right. if, if he doesn't send Jeff Sessions after us. Right. Right. So, right. so what are some of the things that you're looking at right now that you say, okay, if I was governor, here's exactly what I would do to roll tell, back. Tell us something radical. I, well, I wanted to be governor for a day. I've always wanted to answer this question. But, but no. But no, no, stop no, it. Stop. Over Brad. stop. Don't, don't look at me like that. <laughs> don't. Well, I, I would tell you there's not one thing because it, from the judiciary to our natural resources to education – to uh, health care, to transportation mandates that make our roads so much more expensive. You, you want a full overhaul? Absolutely. Okay. Like? I mean, just, just an example, a minor example, is on a, a road project up here to put a passing lane on Highway 95 right out here. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. But, I mean, I, I just met you five minutes ago. But you're best friends. But we're best friends now, so I'm just going to treat you like my best friends. Like, because you're so, on the show. So, like, as I think about big picture, you know, Hillary versus Trump, what might have come down the pike with something like Hillary, the kind of regulations is probably coming. And the example that you give us is a passing lane? <laughs> two, $2 million. I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean I, you know. Two, two million. Hear me. Like, something two radical. Something radical. So, so, uh, I mean, that, like I said, there are so many different examples that exist out there right now. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, man, us, mandate, mandates. Give us something uh, radical. Give it, like, I'll, I'll people, give you a couple. People I'll here, listen, they want something radical. Well, we got Trump. If we just. I'll want, give you a couple. Go ahead. Sorry, Brad. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I like that we're all friends up there. Well, That's great. That's great. Well, well, if, 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 if you if, if you take the mandates that that the old Department of Education talked about, right. and just take those off, like what? what and, which mandates? Well, of course they came they came out with the curric- you know the curriculum, the Common Core, the, the whole Common thing. Core thing, yeah. and 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 in essence, right. uh, over a period of time, we have implemented. Standards in Idaho. The, 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 feds, the feds told us to do it, and we did it. Well, no, the, the, the feds laid it out there, but the state of Idaho raised our hands up and says, we can do better. We, we, can, we can take this curriculum and make it where it's adaptive and to where, it, where it works for Idaho. But what we did is it was a bottom-up deal instead of a top-down. We let teachers, we let trustees, we let school board members, we let parents, most importantly, all have input into it, and that... That's an example of, of what needs to be done. You're saying we should do that on, instead of it being a top down on, thing. On steroids. Right, Tommy, tell us about well, something radical you would do. Here's, here's a few. Okay. First of all, oh, Medicaid reform, right, at the state level. Waste, fraud, and abuse for years. We need Medicaid. It's our safety net, but we're threatening Medicaid. Whose safety net? Probably not going to be there for me. It, probably, well, it might be there for you. You're talking about Medicare, not Medicaid. No, Medicaid. I'll say both. Well, so, so, so that's how so, you win. Meta, whatever. You, do, do you we really, can't hey, argue with that. Do we? Do we really need no. to start with the difference between Medicaid and Medicare? I, with I, you pulled, guys? I pulled out my ace and my two card. You lose. No, Medicaid. Medicaid reform, personal accountability, mm-hmm. big yes. deal. We can do that at state level. Secondly, right, 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 we could say it still stands. This all, I mean, I'm I, forgive me, I'm a pastor, but um, what, <laughs> he, he interrupts people. That's <laughs> uh, what I do for a living. Um, it still sounds sort of like political speech. It's not. It's not political speech. Tell, tell, like, what does that mean? Like well, radically? Like, what's the radical thing you're going to do? Here's what it means. I had a focus group of physicians down in the valley. Yeah, eighty percent of follow-up appointments for Medicaid patients are no-shows. In that group, there's no personal accountability, and then we then we when and we're we still sending them checks. When we don't have enough dollars to, to help those people, we need to reform it and have personal accountability. They've done it in Indiana. They created little personal savings accounts with Medicaid dollars, personal responsibility. You drive your care based on on choices and costs and copays. It's totally healthy. That's one. Okay. I can tell you're going to interrupt me, so I'm going to do two. Yeah, go ahead. Two. Hurry up. Two. <laughs> the insurance problem we have. The problem is when they, when they add the mandates to insurance and now price insurance out for everybody yeah, yeah. and then blame the people in the, that are in our state, that's not right. Mm-hmm. It's not right. We need to tell them, no, we're not going to do it. Fine us if you want You're to. You're going to tell the federal government yes, no? we're going to tell them no. We're not doing it in Idaho. Oh, we're going to do it oh. the Idaho way. We're, we're, we're going to lower the mandate. We're going to lower. Write that down, Chuck. Federal government. Idaho way. No. I spent. I spent. I've spent two hours just this week with one of one of the insurance companies that are that I'm good friends with. It's absolutely doable. I promise you, it's doable. It's radical, but it's doable. Yeah, you what would do, do about it? Yes, so basically, you're talking about many socialism programs that we have here in the U.S. that you want to reform, right? All these are basically socialistic programs. Like at socialism some level. light. Socialism yeah. light. That you want to reform. We're conservatives, and we're talking about many yeah, socialism yeah. Well, programs. Well, but but you, you know, anything for business, health care. You can take education, health care, business, insert it, but it's, it's, it's personal accountability. It's, it's, it's free markets, right? Yeah. It's competition. It's yeah. transparency. That's what works for everything, and right. we get away with that from that. And when we get away from it, 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 it bogs down, and it doesn't work. We've got to get yeah. back to those, those principles that we know work. In fact, the principles this country is built on. It's the principles that we go out and teach other nations around the world, conservative principles mm-hmm. to allow them to thrive. We forget that here, and we've got to get back to the conservative principles that have made us great. So it seems like that line 
of um, I mean I like all the buzzwords you said um, <laughs> they're not they're not buzzwords they, they resonate with the strings in my heart um, <laughs> he but, only has but, two <laughs> two of them all two of them you all and my, Ted my, Cruz my two card it was great and um, but it seems like a lot of the challenge that we we have here is actually we're kind of in the federal government's pocket like we're dependent on federal government dollars so any move we try to make in this realm we lose federal funding. So when we've talked to guys before about that are in Idaho politics, so we talk about saying no to the federal government. The, fir- the thing they bring up is, but what about all the federal funding? What about all the money we take? Well, o- well, over a third of our budget is federally I'll, I'll, funded. I'll, this is a good example right here. Yeah, because you're in the hot seat right now. You're uh, tend to well, governor. Well, uh, well, <laughs> are you helping we, them? What are you doing? We, we've asked the new Secretary of Health and, and Human Services about this issue. And they said, look, the way it was enforced... A year ago, it's not going to be enforced now. Obamacare? You're talking about Obamacare? You you, you states show up with these new programs that are going to, what I call putting spring in the safety net. People fall in the safety net. We've got to have a program that gets them out of there. You know, some people are always going to have to have the safety net. We need to make that safety net smaller. But I always talk about putting spring in the safety net to where we have programs where people can turn out and be self-sufficient. So wean them off the welfare. And and that was what we couldn't do under the old administration, that this administration says, try us. You bring us a program, we'll sign off on it, you can do it. And that's a big change. David. Yeah, okay. Uh-oh, he's rubbing his head. Guys, hair's gone. Uh-oh. If you guys Uh-oh. would see when he does this conversations like this to make me lose my hair. (laughs) (laughs) So you would say that welfare... Ultimately, is not a good thing. To be on welfare for a long period of time, we, that's a horrible, horrible thing. No, to have incentives to keep people on it. To, to, when, when terrible things happen to people, we in this society, whether it's through our, our service clubs, through our faith-based groups, in, in, in many instances, it was done by the local hospital. But when I make a budget based off of my welfare, for instance, let, let me say... There um, you go. Right. Like that's, that's, that's horrible, right? Like, okay, so I know the government's going to give me... $4,500, I'm going to do my best and get 600 because that's what I really need to meet. I'll, I'll tell you what's bad is when they have those programs all lumped together and you've got a chance, if you're making $14 an hour to work hard and make $16 an hour, but there's disincentive because they got yeah. all these government yeah. programs. I, there. I, I, I work with people in the church. They come in yeah. and, and I can offer them work and they'll say, no thanks, that's Pastor, because exactly right. I can get a free check and not work at all. Yes, that's and once exactly I start right. working, I make right. less money. Right. So, so let me give you a very personal example. My nephew worked for me, great young man, died in a tragic accident three years ago, had a little baby. His wife that he left behind in that baby, when she sits with me and talks about how she's supposed to get off her welfare, and she comes from a, a background where it's a, a background that she's had in her family, it, it, is, it is hard to tell her, you've got to get off this. You've got to improve yourself. And she's looking at me saying... There is no incentive me, for me to do so. And you run the numbers with her. I do every month. We help her with her, with her housing. We help her with her food. Yeah. We're there for her. We're trying to get her off. But there is no incentive for this young woman to get off right now. That's wrong. We absolutely got to have a system. I'm glad here, you're here, saying here, this. Where, 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 we, where we help them, but we show them and we give them the tools they need yes. to get off. But there so, cannot be incentive to stay on. So don't you think that the state of Idaho should set an example for all of these people by getting yeah, off federal welfare. That's right. Oh. Absolutely. Ooh. Ooh. So That's right. So Oh, oh is that the organ? Mm. Yeah, so, get off that welfare. <laughs> oh. 
I'm sorry, you were saying o- over it, inside studio joke. My hair might be growing back, yeah. Pastor. Woo! Yeah. Over, his hair is growing back. <laughs> over over a third of the Idaho budget comes from the federal government. We're on welfare, and we're making our budget. We're and, making and then, our and budget. We're based trying on what to we tell know. people in Idaho, you should get off. So, yeah. like, we're not. <laughs> so, did you, do it. The, why? They what, don't understand. When why. was the last time you filled your car full of gas? A couple days ago. What do you think 18 cents of that went to? The feds. It went to the feds. Yeah. Well, that's well, our money. Well, about 18 yes. cents. But about that's our money. Cent, about 40, 40 cents to the gallon is taxed. 20 cents, about 20 cents goes to Idaho. About 18 cents goes to the, right. to the feds. Right? That's our money. Yep. Right? So, do so, we want to so, say we don't want, we don't want our gas money back? Well, why don't we just tell them they can't take it? <laughs> well, that would be- why, why do we want a distribution? Pro- well, hold on, hold on here, hold on here, real quick. So this is bad economic principle to send money to a third party and then try to want to get back. That's, that's, that's exactly that's what Tommy was telling us. Tommy was telling us this, right? It's bad. It's bad economic policy to send money somewhere else for them to like pass it around five times and then give it back to you us. You don't do that for someone's kidney. <laughs> I like you I'm guys. I'm going to give it back. <laughs> I like you guys. We told you. I You're like going to you get guys. better. Trust me. I can only imagine after the second beer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you haven't started yet. Come on, catch up, brother. So, 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 so I think... Uh, so why do we give them the money to begin with? So going back, the closer the giver is, the receiver. we've yes, got to keep yes. as many programs here that are state-run and keep those tax dollars here as we can. Now, we, that, that, what we're talking with health care, that's what we want. We want these Medicaid grants to come back to... That the tax dollars we're paying, we just want it to originate here back at the state where we control that. But why should we, we, but why should we, we give it to the feds all sorts to begin of with? I, I agree. To do that economic, I, I agree. So, right. so back to the point. We got a Trump administration. We got Jeff Sessions. We got these people that are saying, you know, give us plans. And we're we're talking about doing radical things. I would love to hear one of you say, "I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do something in my capacity as governor governor of Idaho if I'm elected, uh, and I will where I will say no." to sending money to the feds. They have this tax on us, and we say, sorry, we don't want to give it to you. Well, that's bad. Well, the state doesn't take the money from them. It's the IRS that takes the money from yeah. them. So right. tell, tell right. them no. We got, we got a little, we got well, a little Y'all amendment. supposed to be the one protecting us. We, we, we got a little amendment in the Constitution that, uh, and of course, you know why, why income tax is put in, don't you? Take care of wars, right? Prohibition. War. Yeah. Funded government off of, oh, off of oh, you, Brad. You guys were paying. You guys were paying all the tax right I know there. We, I know we got a sheriff in the house. Where's the sheriff? Where's the sheriff? He's over there. He's not even. He's like. Hey, 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 sheriff, sheriff. I'm glad you're here after meeting these guys. I feel a lot better. <laughs> I'm right with you then. Yep. Yes, I'll you. tell me he's going to take me home. So, real quick, let's, we got to come back to this. No, yeah. absolutely. But I think it's worth pausing really quickly. You know, this is you know, a little inter, you know, intermission here for a second. Take a deep breath. Drink some beer. You guys need a beer? <laughs> no? Okay. No, still good. Still good. Okay. Uh, uh, there's a guy missing tonight. There oh, is. That's right. So there's, That's right. there's, a, there's somebody a, else running there, for there's, governor. There's someone else running for governor. I didn't know because they're not here. I don't think he's running for governor. I think he is. You think Raul is running for governor? That's what if, I heard. If Raul is not Who? here, he's not running for governor. Raul Who's Labrador. Raul? <laughs> well, anyways, huh, I, I want to hear from both of you guys why we're, you know we invited Raul. He couldn't make. It. We did. We did invite him. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's and a long, he's not here. Long, long story short, he didn't make it. Okay. Yeah. 
And we told <laughs> him, we, we, told, him. We, told, we told him we were going to talk about him behind his back. Good yeah. thing this is live streamed. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe he's he watching. Can tune, he can tune in right now. Hey, Raul. <laughs> so I want to hear from each of you. Why should we not vote for Raul? Oh, 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 oh. Not you. No, oh, he's not. Oh, he eats okay. it. Right. Yeah. Are you running for governor? No. I, for a day, I wanted to. I'm making the case to vote for me. I, what, I, what's that? I, I am making the case to vote for me. I'm not making the case. But why to vote. should we not vote for Raul? Because you're here. Because yeah. I'm a better candidate. Well, there we go. There we go. There we go. Well, that why was, are you a better candidate? What's, I, what distinguishes you particularly from Raul? Well, I, I mean, I could, I could go off the list, but you told me to stay away from my stump speech. There you so, go. So there I you go. That's that. awesome. Because we're, we're going there anyways. But, but I've, I've got a record. And, and we know. I, I, I know. I know the state of Idaho. I've got a, I've got a, I've, I've got a background in the state of Idaho. I, from, Doesn't Raul? From one in, well, he was only represented one district. Oh, now it comes that, out. Oh. Yeah. And, he, he, and he doesn't have the experience that I have all over the state of Idaho. And I believe that, that the fundamental tenets that the people of Idaho want, I understand. That what they want to know is, are we going to have a thriving opportunity for their kids to stay here and are we going to have an opportunity uh, for our kids to stay here so you don't think raul wants to keep our kids here no i'm i'm saying i have a better pathway that, that's on your website i'm, I'm i saying read that get, let's get off I'm the stuff a, a better path <laughs> right here okay tommy give, give why, why one, should we not one, vote for raul Hey, listen, here, here's the deal. I, I have a record, too, but it's not in politics. Okay, it's in pause healthcare. right there. It's pause right there. When we discussed this question, David Chalk Knox, my man here, said, Brad Little's going to answer that he's had a record in politics. <laughs> and Tommy says, I, I don't have a record in politics. That's why you should vote for me. I just want you to know how prophetic. <laughs> just, how prophetic. You know, Chalk Knox was. I'm a prophet didn't know it, but yep. you know. <laughs> yep. I think all the prophets had hair, though. That's okay. But, so that's all right. Uh, do it. Do it. Okay. But, but I, do, I, do, I do have a record in medicine and in Salt. business. I've created jobs. I've, I, I've done that. And, yep. and I think that Idaho, I think we, we have a great heritage. We have great values, but we are ready for a fresh approach to how we're doing this. A fresh look at how we're doing it. Um, is it, is I, it Raul relatively fresh? Uh, no, he's not. No? No, not for me. Okay. Has he been tainted by D.C.? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know I think just I, put words in his mouth. I know. I like that. <laughs> I, I just if think... If you had, did surgery on Raul... <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Would, would, would he like you afterwards? I, I, I vote I. I vote I. Would you leave a metal chip inside his abdomen? Uh, these are a lot funner when he's not here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Great guy, that guy. <laughs> love hanging out with love him. Love Raul. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, I think uh, as I travel state, and the reason I'm in this is I think people are ready for a fresh approach to government. Outside look, um, you know, in every aspect of my life, my home, my businesses, my community service, if you have a clear vision of where you're headed, clear, crystal clear, shared vision with clarity, a plan, and then you work your tell off to get where you're going, you can get a lot done. It's happened in every other place okay, in my so, life. So it's going to happen in government. So you're fresh, you're experienced, but so between the two of you then, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave Raul out of this. We'll let poor Raul. Because yeah, we're done with them now. Yeah, we're done with Raul. Yeah. Why should, Tommy, why should you not vote for Brad Little? You know, I. He's I right there. This so guy. Look him in the eye. Look him in no. the eye. Tell him. Yep. Let me tell you what. This is like two minute dating right now. This guy. <laughs> you might want to take that tie off now. It's about to get serious. <laughs> Y'all got them boxing gloves back there. Here we go. Hey, Here we go. This guy is a gentleman. He served yeah. our, our state for a long time. All right, I'll vote for him. He's been an absolute sure, gentleman since I got in this race. I will never say anything bad about this guy. He is a good guy. And I, he's I, here. I, but, I, but we no, got to vote. I would say I, like I say that everywhere I go. 
I really respect uh, what he's done for us and in his service. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, this is fun. You get into this. You, you, you put your case out there. Yeah. On May 15th, it's over. And if this guy's my governor, I'm good with that. But I you're think in the I, race, though, ultimately because you feel like you can offer something that he yes, can't. And I've told you what that is. Yeah. But I'm not going to say anything bad about this guy. No, no, no. We're not. Yeah, we're, we're not. Well, we're not, we're not I, I like bad mouth. I mean, he's our friend. <laughs> but I mean, you don't have to say he's ugly. But, but yeah, you, know? you, you don't want to be ugly. But what is it that you're going to do that will distinguish you from him? I, I, I not, think, not your experience, your inexperience, your freshness, or whatever. But what are you going to do? It's going to distinguish. So here, I think that when you're in politics for a long time, you get relationships and you see things differently than when you're not. And I think, that, mm-hmm. I think, I think our founding fathers thought that, that we should have a government where people came in, yeah. they work. Politicians they are like diapers. Stuff. You change yeah. them quite often. Change, <laughs> so, so, so I, I will... Right? I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get I, I will, more, more ways than one. <laughs> so so, so I, I, will, I will be for term limits. I, if I'm there too long, it wouldn't be a good thing. But you come in, I think that the ideas that I have in education and healthcare and jobs, I've done it in the real world. We've created thousands of jobs. We've been in healthcare. Education's a passion of mine. I think you come in with fresh ideas and a work ethic and a look at things from a different angle, and that is a good thing for the people so, of Idaho. So one of the things, Brad, I was wondering about is I don't really know what a lieutenant governor is. Like, what, what do you do exactly? Well, well, the Constitution, I preside over the Senate. Okay. He, you preside over Senate. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm so it's like pre- kind of like a vice president. Yep. Exa- well, give me credit. Jeez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and, Assistant to yeah. the vice president. Well, okay. Okay. And, and I do go yeah. to a few, so few have funerals. Have you ever put Butch Otter in a headlock? No. <laughs> Why not? But, 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 Come on. When, when he's gone, I'm governor. Okay. But then, in essence, you do uh, the, the assigned tasks. You take on projects. I do a lot of economic development work. People, good people of Lataw County know I've been up here many times. Some of your sponsors, I've been to your sponsors to see what I could do to help them to make them more successful. I work on education policy. The lieutenant governor's job is only a part-time job. Okay. But I was very blessed that we had a son came home because we're still active ranchers and farmers. Wow. Because when I got this job, if heaven forbid something happens to the governor, I have to step in. And I felt an obligation to the people of Idaho to work all over the state of Idaho to find out what it took to be the best possible governor. And that's what but, why I, I took a part-time job and made it a full-time job. Wow. But you haven't put Butch you, Otter in a Do you headlock. love everything that Butch has done? No, no we've had differences. We've yeah. had, we've had uh, quite a few differences. We, the, the grocery tax, obviously the HJR 5, the constitutional amendment that gave the legislature power to override agencies when they're writing uh, writing rules. Those are two of the most recent ones, but we we have we have more disagreements than that. But most of them we talk about privately. You, I thought you were going to say the six point five percent tax increase. I just thought you were going to say that too. Budget increase. Budget increase. Yeah. He, the budget just increased six point five percent. Right. Yes, because we were fulfilling our obligation to education, the commitment that the state made when we had to cut education during the recession, but, so we didn't well, raise taxes. Let me get to that. Actually, that's a good point to get to right now. Education. Um, since the 70s, edu- uh, education funding for or the cost of education for universities has gone up 1,125% since the 70s. High school education, the cost of high school education, we're talking net present value dollars here, has gone, um, it used triple. to triple, went from $50,000 to send a kid K through 12, now to $150,000 to send a kid K through 12, while test scores have either remained flat or gone down in all that. So we've thrown a lot of money at education. And now we're throwing more money at education. Um, Just doubled. Yeah, we, 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 we tripled. We tripled since the 70s. Attack you. 
I'm gonna tag you. And show Tommy. Tommy's. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready over. But why, well, yeah, why, why, why more? When, when our test scores are not showing any sort of well, benefit from that from that cash. Well, it's, like, it's like going to the casino. And, and it's like going me, to the casino and, and spending more here. money. One more point right? here. Brad, you can interrupt us. No, he uh, can't actually. I get that interrupt. Actually, actually, you're really hard to interrupt. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I, I'm from Texas. All right, man. It's just. Yep. Amen. Can I get an amen out there? Stop. Yep. Yep. There we go. Front row Texans. <laughs> so, so why? why it, this, this table's got a hole in it, and I have to have, to have my boots polished. <laughs> How do we recover from that? Okay. Uh, so Let's we just, move on. No, no. I, I think this is important. We just raised, we just uh, doubled the budget for education, and it's broken, and we're just throwing more money into a hole. You're, you're, cause he, you're, Tommy. So, so, so he, he raised his hand like good Let him student. go first. You, you, you'll think of it for a minute. You got time. So, so here's the deal. It's 63% of every tax dollar goes towards education, $500 million additional dollars since 2015. We bonded and levied for $700 million last year. Yes. At some point, it's not about more money. Yeah. If you look at the states, all of our districts that border other states, of course, they're getting paid more than the other states. We got to do It's 63%. As I've gone around the state and you get people that are yelling that it's about money, you say, where do we stop? 65? Yeah. 70? Mm-hmm. Right. We, we've got to take with what we have, and we, it's about leadership. You talk to anyone in the state about education, they'll tell you that the, the state board of education, the department of education, the way they interact, what they do, the way they set the vision, and the way they implement in Idaho is broken. We fix that. We clearly define what student achievement is in Idaho for the first time for K-12, which we don't have. And then you take Section 33 of the Idaho Code. Tonight, maybe after you've had a few more bears, read it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you what. Do you have one with us? Because you, it's yeah. gonna, it's, it, you're going to need something because it's, it's, it, it's layers of yeah. mandates and regulations on local school districts. It's not working. Yeah, students come first, Common Core. Layers and layers and layers. They're t- teaching to test. It's not working. We've got to clean that out. Clearly define student, educa- uh, student achievement for the first time, and it's doable to, to, to make this happen. So you were, you were earlier just talking about kind of like conservative principles, free market, all that. Why do you not believe in that for education? I do. When, when, when I, that, that is, that is because, us getting away from... Right. So, so maybe your solution, part of your solution is actually um, uh, giving the money back to the people... And choice. let them make their own educational yes. choices. Choice, absolutely. And I think if you look around the state where there is choice, it's working yeah. well. Up in Coeur d'Alene, right. I think, is the best example. You look at the choices they have, you look at their scores, it's working. So I mean, uh, we, we that means I don't have to give Moscow, my, I don't too. Have, yeah. I don't have to give my education tax dollars to the state for them to give it back to me. That goes back to that silly economic principle we were talking yeah. about with the federal government. So would you be willing to say something like, those who want to opt out of the public school system can be free to keep their money? And not pay? So they can use their money instead to... Um, because I think on the local level, provide, I can choose the best school for my kids. Because, I, I mean, I, I'm a parent of my child, my, my children. Yeah. I, I know how to look, educate look, them the best way. So, so the way I'd answer that is this. No, even if even It's really hard to do charters in Idaho. Really hard. One of my best friends does charter schools all over the country. Does none in Idaho because it's really hard. Wow. So once we release charter schools and once we get choice out there and let things happen, that will happen. But still, you've got to remember, still the majority of our kids will be educated in public education. Right. right. So, so the it, people it's, that it's do two, that, so it's two it makes sense for them to pay into the system. So it's two-phase. You've got to have, you gotta have, for those that, that aren't going to go to public schools, 
that's one thing, but you still have to fix public education in Idaho. We've got to change the dial from where we're at, and we haven't. Sure, sure but one, one of the principles would be that those who are involved in public education, it makes sense for them to pay dollars into the system because they're, they're invested in it. So they care about what's going on there, and it gives them the, the, uh, the incentive to care what's going on there. But those of us that have decided that we don't actually want uh, even the state or the feds to tell us exactly how to educate our children, shouldn't we have the right to not pay into that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm late. One second. You missed the organ. <laughs> there we go. Got it. All right. Oh, before, before I, I, w- I would love for one of you to tell me that you would get into office and you would fight for those of us who don't want to send our kids to public schools to allow us to keep mm. our money. That's a good free market choice. Tell, tell, tell me that. Well, one you were in that college for a reason, ain't you? I, Come on now. I, I, all three of us send our kids. We sacrifice greatly to send our kids to a private school here in town. And at the same time, thousands of dollars of property taxes are going into state and federal coffers for, 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 pro, for um, school systems that I'm, I'm not interested in being a part of. Now, other people can do that if they want to, but I'm not interested in that. Because we believe in free choice. Yeah, we believe in free markets. Well, we're conservatives. We're conservatives. We believe in right. the localism. Right. You know, the people that are closest to the, to the need are the ones best qualified to provide the need. Right. So right. you said you believe in that. Would one of you tell me that you fight for that? I absolutely believe in choice. I believe in, in, in let money, me keep my money, money? Money, money following the kids. Let me keep my money. Let me, let me ask you a question, though. Because I, I had a great question. Last night we had a group of about 60 folks. There were a lot, of, a lot of elderly people there that are in our state. They're on a fixed income. And they said, I don't want to pay for education anymore for anybody. What are you going to do for me? And there was a whole room full of them that says, I want to just stop paying for education. I'm on a fixed budget. I don't want to pay for it anymore. Right? right? And you said, I'll, I'll do that? No, I didn't. You don't no. believe in free markets? No. <laughs> I do believe in free markets. And I believe in choice. But, but, I, but, but I also believe that we have an obligation but to lower taxes. you also believe in taking people's money when they don't want to give it to you. We need to lower taxes for everybody in this state. We need to. We need to look at shift tax the, reform. Shifting shift the subject there. Yeah. I, I agree yeah. on lowering taxes. But if somebody doesn't want to pay for a school... Why are you going to make them? Well, I think a voucher system would get, get you where you want to go. Uh, but that gets into that silly economic yeah. principle. Why where would we I get send money. my money to someone else? So, so, so who, who, who are you going to allow to opt out of funding public education? What's that? Who are you going to allow to opt out of? Anyone that? who doesn't have their kids in the school. So it's just kids, that, just, just, just people that have school-age kids, kids that are going to pay taxes. That's how free markets work. Right? Free, <laughs> free markets work that way. If I don't want it, I don't buy it. Right? If I don't want it, I don't buy it. Yeah. Right. I'm not that smart, but I, can, I get that. Well, isn't that what a free market is? Yeah. Well, you getting off easy? You, <laughs> you, you asked me and all that. Like, hey, like, I thought, ahead. I thought he left. <laughs> I, I believe in public schools. It's in our constitution. Right, but for people who want them. But you've, you've got to have a fundamental base. It's, it's a, a tenant in 1890 when our constitution was written. It was free in public schools that were available to, you know, some people can't afford to send their kids to private school. Sure. Well, and, because you're and, taking their money. And, and, we, and <laughs> I mean, we, we have an obligation. Simple economics. We have, we have an obligation right. in society to create that net. No, the government doesn't. Families no, and no, communities right, do. No. Absolutely. When the government gets involved in education, we get transvestite bathrooms. Look at the, look at the education process right, right now. Oh, when oh, the government gets involved in education, when the government gets involved in education, we don't have prayer in schools anymore. Not, Oh, when the government gets involved in education, we have anti-science going on in the public school system right now saying that, hey, transgender bathrooms well, are I'm acceptable. Gonna dis- I'm going to disagree with you. I'm, an, I'm a proponent of public schools. Yeah. Right. So you're just going to shut a blind eye 
to the, the slippery slope that the public school system is taking our kids down. I have voted for every choice bill we've had in the Idaho legislature right. for, for charters, for the, but we have to have a safety net, particularly right. in rural Idaho, where there are no other options. We have to have a safety net. It, absolutely. And I think... Um, uh, okay, we're uh, done. No, no. There's, <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Hey, watch it now. Don't touch my community. <laughs> But see, but see, the best safety net... Now, this net, scares me that y'all agree on this. The, the best Where's Raul at when we need him? <laughs> can, can I finish a story? I'm sorry. No. The best safety net... I'm from Texas right now, and the best safety net that's going on with Hurricane Harvey down there is the Texas people, Amen. the community, right? And, and so the best safety net for our kids and our community, we got kids that go to our private school, and the private school says, we will do whatever it takes for you to get here, and we won't charge you a dime. I... Right? So the community but, takes care of that. But one of the reasons why lots of them can't afford to go is because they're getting taxed. They're paying for somebody else's they're kids to go. They're paying for someone else's kids to go to a different school that they're not interested in sending their kids to. And as you talked about, Tommy, all the government waste that's been going into yeah. 63% of our budget. Where? How's that? How's that? Can, can I give you a great example of, a of where this of worked really well in Idaho? Yeah. So, so there's, there's collective impacting communities where we get communities, churches, uh, you know all these great groups that try to do good things out of their silos together. Yeah, we use schools to 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 be the the brick and mortars because a lot of communities have a place to gather. We took a group down to Salt Lake a few years ago and looked at these promised neighborhoods. Came back in Caldwell, Idaho. Now every elementary without any government dollars now has pre K that's offered through community services with volunteers from the community. That's coming beautiful, to do it. and it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It's beautiful. So long I, as it's done. Without government coercion, it, it, no, go- the government's not even involved. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's beautiful because That's they're, exactly, they're, 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 they're choosing to do it freely. They're choosing to do it. They've come out of their and silos. it works. They're right? working together. Yes. It's working amazingly well. That's what every we're single element. So, so, so those principles work. And of course, you look at those, right? Yeah. You look at every way you can get government out. We don't do it. I That's all, all we're I, trying to I, say. I, I'm asked all the time. <laughs> when, when, is it, when are we going to start doing pre, pre-K? I'm like, we don't, we don't do K-12 well. You really want us to do pre-K. So yeah. you, but you've got to have some examples. You can't just sit up here and complain, guys. No, no, no. no, 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 no we, we do have, have examples. We just gave We've been giving you one. I, I, we just example. gave you one. The example is, I would like to send my kids to a private school, and I would like the government not to take my money and send it to a public school that I don't want to use. Don't that's an example. Yeah. That, that's not me complaining about... I, I understand your I, issue, I just want brother. Free market. Free market. <laughs> free, well, yeah. I just want to stop stealing from you. I'm going to change the subject. Yeah, let's, but before, let's wait, before you. do. I want, I want to talk to Tommy about... Okay, hold on. Wait, wait. Before medicine. you do, I want everybody to know right now, Facebook, Twitter, there's a hashtag out there because we might not be asking questions that you care about yet. Hashtag CP Live. I'm on it right now on my cell phone. Write your comments, questions, snarks. Tell us to shut up or move on. New topic. We are, a, we are having CP a Q&A live. at the end. We are having a Q&A. Yes. But That's right. Okay. While it's live, sometimes you don't remember in the Q&A. And, and you can ask us questions, too. Don't ask us yeah. questions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. All right. Let's go. So, uh, given your background in medicine, you're, uh, I saw that you're uh, specialized in emergency medicine and um, abuse stuff in the back, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so someone, just imagine you're back in... in you're in the ER. Someone comes in. It's an emergency. Um, they're, they're a woman trapped in a man's body. And they demand that immediately you perform a transgender surgery on them to deliver them from the oppression of the body that does not match the gender that they identify with. What do you do? You've never been asked this question before. You have way too much time on your hands. 
That's going on. Well, <laughs> no, that's real. No, that's listen. Happening. That's listen. Real. In the real world, you 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 were overwhelmed with taking care of real people. No, no, I want to know problems. the answer to the question. What would you do? I, I got lost on trapped in someone's body thing. I don't. I don't know what you're talking right. about. That's happening uh, at Gritman here. Yeah, so so yeah, at Gritman yeah. right now, in our local hospital, they're doing that's transgender happening. surgeries. It's not an imagination of a question. Yeah. It's real. And we have friends that are in the medical no. world that are losing jobs because they won't be a part of a medical community that does that. That, that, dis, that, that goes everything against their Hippocratic oath. You know, I think, I think, I think a, a abortion is a great example for me, right? Oh, Training don't get started yet. Well, oh. but, but I mean, I mean you, you brought it. But it. you just you just refuse that. I mean, that's what you do all through your training. I won't be part of that. I'm, it's not going to be what I'm going to do. And so, and that's what you do. How I mean, do you protect the doctors who are trying, who are refusing that and losing their livelihood in the process? Yeah, I, I hadn't heard that over this issue that that's happened yet. So this is new for me. But you try to protect them from that because that's. I mean, that's. Uh, what what can know? the governor offer to those to that situation? Protection. Uh, the bully pulpit of the governor's office. That's not right. Yeah. Let's let's talk about abortion. Let's go there right now. Let's do it. We, um, we live, um, so you guys have talked about the Tenth Amendment, talked about states' rights, and, and we, have in this, we have in this weird Trump administration where liberal states are actually claiming their states' rights. Conservative states... Ain't that amazing? Can, wow. Conservative states have touted... I'm from Texas. Really? Every, did I mention that on the show? <laughs> Right, so, so Washington passes, hold, hold on, hold legalizes. On, I'm, getting there, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, uh, Texas. <laughs> I interrupted Toby. That's right. Um, uh, Texas, uh, every time a politician runs, they say, states' rights, states' rights. Okay? And then in Idaho, I've, I'm kind of hearing the same thing. I've been here since 2002. We say states' rights, states' rights. And then all of a sudden, we never do anything about it because we got George Bush in office or we got Trump in office and we're, we're fat and happy or whatever we want to call it. Um, but here in this Trump administration, we got the state of Washington – legalizing weed, okay, against federal law. Um, and then we got the state of Colorado legalizing weed against federal law. We got all these sanctuary cities around the U.S. and these liberal um, uh, communities. We're not going to prosecute illegal immigrants. And so forth. Arizona. And yet, and yet um, here we have abortion in the state of Idaho. Conservative state. Right. A so, conservative state. So a little while ago, uh, we were told that... Given Trump, we're in a position to do something radical. And the examples I heard were, okay, uh, turning lanes and... <laughs> you never let me finish. Okay. He said a couple of different <laughs> things. And, 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 and Medicaid reform. Um, but w- what I'm wondering about is what about the 1,400 unborn babies right. that are murdered in Idaho every single year? That's right. Who... who Amen. Bring it. Which, which, one of you, which one of you will tell us tonight that you will do everything in your power to defend them from the feds, right? In 1973, it was illegal in this state to murder the unborn. And it still is in our Constitution. And, and then nine men in black robes said, you have to start allowing murder in your state, and we took it. Mm. And we've been standing here letting that murder happen in our, our land all these years, mm. and you say we're going to do something radical. It seems to me something like murder should qualify. Mm. Like if we're going to say no, mm. we're going to say no. Well, how about we say no there? It's a good Where's place right? to start. Where's the clearest? Yeah, right. It's the clearest. And 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 that's right. 
And the, I want, I want, and the you, state of Washington and Colorado have more cojones regarding pot than we do the unborn. Right? Right? Yeah? Somebody, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's why we live in Idaho. I mean, the, the difference between us and those other states. Because we only kill 1,400? The, the difference, every session, or nearly every session, we pass another bill to narrow that window of those 1,400. That's, or, or and, 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 and we've been successful. But it's still, it, you know, the sanctity of life. Is it still one, legal here? One, one of the most important things. And we are going to have an opportunity, because you talked about those nine people in those black robes. We've got a new guy in a, in a black robe. Why, why, why don't we, just, why why don't we, we need... just say no? Yeah. You because, earlier because said rights. we should say no to some things. The, 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 the fundamental tendency of America is... States' that, rights. It, it, no. That's one, <laughs> that's one of the tendencies. Tenth Amendment. But, but, but the rule of law, the rule of law, and, I, and I'm... Totally disagree about those states that are mm. that are that are thumbing their nose at the marijuana laws. Mm-hmm. I'm not an advocate for marijuana laws, but but when you but it's uh, legal. What's that? Marijuana is legal. Not, not in Idaho. Yeah, you guys have back, you guys have a backbone for that though. That's but we we're not we're not violating federal law. No, but we're killing 1,400 a year, so, which is a violation of a whole different law. Let's I, let's hear from Tommy on this real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, this subject's really personal for me, uh, being in medicine and, uh, you know, very, very personal stories and probably the only candidate that's actually delivered a premature, mm-hmm. you know, 18-week uh, mm-hmm. uh, infant. Happens a lot. Well, well Raul's not here, so yeah. we don't know. He might, yeah. he might have delivered. <laughs> so, and, and, then, and then we've adopted two, yes. two little what might have been, right, that are, uh, that are amazing little, just little angels that are in our life. Uh, I met this week with David Ripley, who has four bills this, this, this year that's going to go through. I will support him, and I will support any legislation that we pass to protect the sanctity of life. Would you be willing to sign a bill that made abortion illegal in Idaho? I think they're coming this year. There's four of them. That would and make yes, it I illegal? Would, yes, yes. That would make it illegal completely? Completely outlawed. I, I don't know what those bills I, – I don't like getting in hypotheticals. I want to see language. I know there's four coming. I haven't seen them yet. But, but so, so supposing the language all, you know, is dots its T's and, uh, and well, you don't dot T's, you cross the T's. That's exactly why you don't yeah, get yeah. into hypotheticals. But, so yeah, you've got to see the language, you've got to no, know but, what it is. No, 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 no. But if we're talking about outlawing murder, you'd sign it. If it's the, uh, the murder of the unborn, you'd sign the bill. Yes. Okay. Amen. Amen. Brad, would you? I, I, I'd have to see the bill. I mean, I, 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 I'd have to see the bill. You'd have to you see the bill. It's like, I'd have to see the I don't know if you guys know. While people are dying, I would I mean, have to see the bill. I don't know if you guys know. Well, that's part of the job. You so, just got to read the bill. So, yeah, yeah. maybe you haven't noticed, but I'm a black man. <laughs> <laughs> what? He doesn't just want to be a black man. No, no. No, I actually am. And so when we start talking about uh, this subject, it's not like we haven't been here before. You know what I mean? We've been here before as a nation. We've had people who actually haven't had the chance to be humans and speak for themselves and get done wrong. And in history, we, in history, hindsight is twenty twenty. So we already know where we land on the end of history on this topic. We already know who's going to be the victors at the end of history on this topic. So let's just go back in time for a second. Let's say it's 
18, what, 1850, 1856? What was going on then? Uh, oh, well, around this time, this piece of wood right here that was made during that time, well, it was probably having black people hang on it. Slavery was going on. <laughs> right, right. right. So let's just say in that time, and you, you're transported back knowing what you know now about the issue, and you say, you know what? Are you willing to say, no, we are not going to have slavery in this state. No, we will not treat another man like this. No, these people are human. Let's figure out a way so that we can protect them. Knowing what you know now, are you willing to go back in history and say you're going to be that guy? Because you know now how history is going to look at that person. Say, that guy was a hero. That guy was amazing. He was able Amen. to stand and be a, 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 a shining light in a very dark time. So I, when I hear you say, well, I have to see the bill or, or I don't know, or this seems like almost impossible to figure out, I'm saying like you're the same guy who would have sat up there and said, well, the federal government says that slavery is legal. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, because you don't want to be that guy right now. But you're not willing to say, no, something that's happened with abortion, they've killed far more black people and people of every culture than slavery ever wished they could. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a far more tragic situation to me. This is in the womb of a mother, and we're saying, yes, you can kill it. And yes, in our state, we would allow you to do so, even though we don't agree with it. Where's the backbone to say, no, we know how history looks at this. No, we're not going to do it. Well, from the slavery issue, obviously the founder of my party, our party, that, that was what it was founded on, was, was predicated on that very issue of doing the right thing. And I, I firmly believe that the next appointment to the Supreme Court, there is going to be an opportunity for us to be part of the solution to that issue. But you're governor here. You're governor of, let's say, let's Idaho. say you're governor uh, of uh, Idaho. Of Idaho, which was part of the United States of America, and that war we fought back then was over that very issue. So as long as slavery was legal, is it okay to have slaves? Had we not fought that war, the slavery would have been illegal and half of the states let, let would have ask, been legal up here. Let me, let me ask this question. So at what point is it right, incumbent upon a lesser magistrate, a governor of a state, to tell the federal government no. So earlier we were talking about those kinds of things, the 10th Amendment, saying no, being radical. At what point do we say no? Why, why would we do that when it's, we're talking about regulations for small businesses? Or highway lanes. Or highway lanes and not do it for human beings. Amen. You, you, you say on your website, and you said earlier, that you want to keep children in Idaho. I want to keep the children in Idaho alive. Oh, amen. Oh, man. Amen. Yeah. And I would love to hear one of you say, I will do everything in my power to end abortion in the six years that I serve Idaho. If you say that, you I, got will, me. I, will, I will seriously well, consider voting for you. I didn't think we were that far apart when we started, but... Uh, you know, but right now you just told me how to you had to see the bill. It, you have to look at the bills. I mean, is that what, was that what you'd say in the slave trade? Oh, I got I got to see the bill first. Yes. Ouch. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. My, my buddy. Well, <laughs> well, well that's, he's he's sitting here working hard well, every day. Well, 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 that. But that's part of the challenge. It's it's got to be it's got to be enforceable. It's I, I mean you. Can, you can sign some bill that gets run down by the Supreme Court, doesn't do any good. Right. But what if, we just, what if we just told them no? Earlier we are talking about saying no. So let's say, so my friend Dan Foreman, he went down last term and was trying to get a bill on the floor. 
that would strip away the prosecution clause for abortion. Because in the Constitution of Idaho, it still says that the taking of unborn life is murder. Right? And he couldn't get the time of day from a bunch of Republicans who were pro-life. Now, if it's 1860, there we are. I'm in bad shape. I just want you to know that right, right? now. Right. Pro-life, people say pro-life, and what do they mean? Incrementalism? Nothing. We've been doing, we've been doing this pro-life play for, since 1973, and, and we got a new four bills coming up. I know Idaho does this every year. Um, That's right. You know, more, more bills. Right. And, and, we, and we, we, we passed something a couple years ago that was said, like, doctors can't prescribe abort-efficient drugs via Skype. Yep. 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 And then the Fed starts sniffing around, and apparently we just sort of like, oh, never mind, sorry. Just caved. Yeah. Right? We don't care about states' rights. Right. But meanwhile, meanwhile, Washington, California, Colorado, they're not caving. They're smoking dope. It's legal to smoke dope there, and they're telling the federal government, hey, they're telling the federal government to come get me. Come at me, bro. There, there's a big spread, in my mind, between recreational marijuana and murder. And, and you ain't lying. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, there is a big spread. And the yeah. critical issue of abortion. Yeah. And, and shouldn't we have more backbone about the issue of life than pot? I, I, right. I, Amen. I, I agree 100%. The, so, the so, magnitude of those two issues. So let's do it. So let's, let's, do, let's pass the law and then stand there and smile. We're, we're making a house. The Supreme Court overturns it. No, no. Tell no. them to come at me. They, they have no. to come take you to court. They do every time. Not if we don't come. Right? <laughs> no, no, but think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Why don't... Why, why, why don't... What? <laughs> what? Why, why don't we pass the law and then stand there and smile? And when they say, you have to come to court, we say... I run Idaho. Why not? Go, go, go prosecute sanctuary cities first. Yeah, when you, Let's be judicious when about When you go this. talk to Colorado about, about their pot, we'll show up in court. Why hey, don't we do that? Hey, Doc, that's a microphone. If you, you want to use, use it, you got to pick it up. I mean, I think you, you, the bills come, you sign them, and you stand up for what you believe in, right? But, and, but and, you, and, and you, you said something about a bully, bully pulpit yeah. earlier. Yeah. Are you going to do that yes. with the unborn? Yes. Amen. Okay. But why not, if we're talking about the issue, so let me, let me switch it. Let's say there's a shooting spree. There's a shooter on the loose. This happened in Maryland a few years ago. There was a shooter, right? Yep. On, on the loose in Maryland. Let's say there's a shooter on the loose in Idaho. I, I'm, this is an honest question, open question. I don't know the answer to this. As a governor, what do you do to react to that? There's, there's a you know, terrorist or you know, some kind of crazy... We pass legislation first. We, we have to wait for the bill? We need to wait for the bill? I'll sign a bill if it comes. If there's a, if there's a shooter on the loose, what do you do? You find them. Take care of them. I mean, you protect your citizens. Are you going to do that with the unborn? Yeah, I am. I, I the don't same know, way? I, I, listen, this is very personal to me. I've told you yeah. this is something I've witnessed. It's I'm and, and, and passionate it's, about. It's personal to me, too. I, I, yeah, I, I know. Uh, I don't so, know how so else I, to I answer had, the Me, question. too. Uh, I don't know how to, <laughs> else to answer the question other than <laughs> you, you support them, so, you sign them, you stand up for in it. In every other instance, when there's a shooter on the loose, I would... I would believe, I would hope and believe that both of you men would get the National Guard out on it. You, you, you would go find it and you would stop it on the double. You wouldn't say, well, if a bill comes through, I'll He's killing it. citizens. Right? right? Now, that's happening to the tune of 1,400 every year in the state of Idaho. 
There's legal executions taking place, and I want to know what are you going to do to stop it? And you're going to say, well, if, if the bill looks good and I read it? How are you going to lead the way in it? We're talking about the murder of babies. We've done this before. <laughs> this is where you don't interrupt us. Um, listen, I, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I'll keep saying it. I am pro-life. I will, I will sign any legislation that comes. I will stand up for it from the bully pulpit. I'm pro-life. It's an important part of who I am. I'm a physician. I get this. I've will seen you call this. for the prosecution of abortion doctors? Call for the prosecution? Yeah, publicly. Like publicly stand up and say, I would like for all the abortion doctors in Idaho to be prosecuted. For murder. When it's illegal? No, now. Yeah. Because it's already murder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Will I get, you say I, that? I, 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 I think you're trying to simplify something to a level that... that, that the murder of babies? No, I, listen. I, I am not... I, there's a lot to consider here of how we go about this to get to save those, kid, those babies. There is. And I'm going to be thoughtful. I'm going to be pro Would you say this about a shooter on the loose? Now, there's a lot of things to take into consideration when there's a shooter on the loose. Or to... Free slaves. Or to free slaves. You know how economically troubling that is? <laughs> it's a really complex issue. I mean, they said the same thing about slavery. It's a complex issue. A lot of things go into this. It's really difficult. We need to be careful. Read the bear. They're human beings. I don't, I don't know how you can rule well on any other topic if you don't consider life that valuable. Mm. Mm. I, can, I consider those lives valuable. I do. Uh, and here's the thing, Tommy, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm, I'm pressing this because it's a personal issue to me too. I, I had a daughter that was born at, at 31 weeks. Yeah. Um, the doctor asked us, they told us that she had problems, and they asked us to abort her several times. My daughter is here this evening and is a beautiful, young, mm. nine-year-old daughter. Um, you know, I've been there. I was in a NICU where she was for eight weeks. Right across the street, they're pumping millions of dollars into saving her life. Across the street, there's an abortuary where they're murdering babies, the same gestation as mm. my daughter. Right? This is personal to me, too. And, and I, but the thing is, is that we've been murdering babies, millions of them, for this long. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. And I think the bottom line issue is that we haven't had the courage to actually stand up and say no. Yeah. Here's, here's, I think we, we, we have this funny complex um, where we look back in history and we either say, oh, history's, history's really bad and we're better than what happened in the past. And, and, and we look back at, you know, Nazi Germany is the easy one to throw out. It's like, oh, Hitler was horrible. Killed six million Jews. Oh, slavery was bad. And since 1973, we've killed 50 million babies. And we look back on them and say, oh, man, we're better than them. And, and then we, we want to look at, we want to you know, ponder legislation, or we want to take 40 years of incremental legislation that, that is, is going nowhere. It's taking us nowhere. Um, we work with a number of friends and a number of ministries in other states and other um, organizations like this. And the, the biggest problem with the pro-life movement has been the pro-life movement. Absolutely. The pro-life movement in Oklahoma killed a bill that was going to make abortion illegal in Oklahoma. Idaho Idaho Right to Life asked Dan Foreman not to bring his legislation. Don't do it. What kind of cowards are we? 
we had Jeff Sidaway on the show um, a couple a couple months ago, and we kind of took him down this line of line of argumentation. And and he said at the end, he said, "Well, I guess we're basically cowards because we would rather have federal funding than actually try to make abortion illegal here in the state of Idaho." That's what Jeff Sidaway said. Our own our own chair of the Senate in Idaho said that we care more about money than the 1,400 babies that have died here in Idaho. Well, it's, it's not a funding issue. No, no, but it's a funding issue because if we, go to the, if we say feds, well, abortion's illegal, then they're probably going to start manipulating us with money. We're going to take away your money. They're going to start pulling all these strings like that they one, do all the time. They do it all the time. But that's what we started so off this program talking but, about with states' but you're rights. Saying, let me hear you right, Brad. So you're saying it's not a funding issue, so why don't we do it? Why don't we criminalize abortion? Because the Supreme Court is the ultimate determination of what's constitutional. 1857, Dred Scott. Terrible error. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and we... And we but something's far worse than that. And we bend over to, to the Supreme Court. Dred Scott, 1857. But, you know, this goes back to the question. At what point do you say no? I mean, what if Supreme Court says, for instance, two men can get married? That, that's you say, why, oh, well, all right, yes, sir. That's why we had elections. That's why we have a new Supreme Court justice. That's, that's why, why we, we tend to have another Supreme Court justice. That's why we have lesser magistrates. The Supreme Court is ultimately the head no, of the judicial system. No, actually, system. Nope. Jesus nope. Christ is Lord. Amen. I don't disagree Amen. with that. Right? So, so, so the Supreme Court is not, is not supreme. They have to answer to God. I agree with and that. And so do you. And, right, and so when the Supreme Court says, you know, from now on, gravity doesn't exist. Or you can be a You know girl. what we got to do? We got to get another judge right. in there that agrees with gravity what? so that we can start <laughs> passing laws that gravity exists. And then you guys can go ahead and jump on board. Well, I'd read the bill. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, at what point do you say, like the Supreme Court says, you know, uh, you know, now up is down and down is up. Now, you know, it's Zay and Zip and Zuda for instead of male and female. Now it's, you know, I don't know, LGBTQRXW. YZ. You right? mean YZ. I don't, I don't know yeah. them all. all right. uh, you know, at, when they say that, we say, okay. You're right. Because they're the Supreme the, the Earth, The Earth is flat. You're right. I mean, that's what they're actually in the process of doing in terms of the, all the whole transgender nonsense. Right? They're, they're saying that gender does not, does not, is not tied to the sex that God gave you when you were born. Right? But that's a, like they're, go, they're anti-science. Like it's, it's like saying the world is flat. Yeah. No. Right? A boy has a penis. That's right. That's amen. It. Right? I mean, I, I, you would think that would be obvious. I apologize for that amen. I, that, that's the deal. Yeah. Like God, God, because God said. Right? So if the Supreme Court says that someone with a penis is actually a woman, are you going to say, well... We should call her that. <laughs> this is feeling really medical now. I'm feeling way more comfortable. Yay! Welcome back. Welcome Get back, back in this, someone, Tommy. Someone dropped the P word and I'm back. <laughs> You're getting scientific over here. <laughs> Let's dissect it. <laughs> no, again, again, no, again, again, I apologize for the amen. No, and, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, I think what we're no, looking I'll, for. Go, um, go ahead. I want to hear from Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't think he was going to say anything else. Uh, on which part of the? You were doing so good. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to know. Like, so if the Supreme Court says 
you know, that uh, a, a, a man is whatever anyone wants to be or a woman, you know, if you think you're an elephant or you think you're a coconut tree or, you know, like that's, that's what you are constantly, you know, you're, Trans requ- species. you're required, you know, so California, they passed some kind of law recently that they're going to prosecute nurses if they don't address patients by the pronoun that they demand and they're going to get prosecuted. Now, I know we're, it's California, California stand or whatever, you know, but... So, but I want to know if the Supreme Court does that, what would what should Idaho do? Say no. Good. Amen. Okay. We're not doing that. So here's a good place to okay. start. So, so okay. So let's back a couple steps back. We just had Obergefell. Yeah. They said two men can get married, two women can get married. Right. I don't know why they discriminate against polygamy. Right. But Give it a few years. They're gonna, you know, maybe they'll figure that's a, you know, they're being haters, you know. But are we going to say no to that? Yes, we say no. How will we say no to that? I mean, again, the process right now is legislation comes through the governor, comes to the governor's office. The governor either says, "I'm, I'm going to sign this," or "I'm not," and then they stand behind what they do, right? And right. So. You're going to have a lot of hypotheticals tonight, but, but you, you stand up for what you believe in. Right. You stay true to your moral compass, and when they come to you, that's what you do. And that's, that's, I don't know what right. else to say. So would you, would, you, would, you, uh, would you be willing to, from your bully pulpit, stand up and be saying, okay, in Idaho, marriage is one man, one woman, that's it? Yeah. And you'd, and you'd prosecute when they start trying to do other things? No, I, I, again, you're back to Brad's point. You've got federal rulings right now, right, on that, right. On, on those those things. And you're going to have to have you, – you guys, we've got to – Why are you so afraid issues. of the federal government? I'm not afraid of the federal government. Well, well, you, listen, you feel like gotta, you won't, won't defy them when man, it this, comes this, to some this of this This conversation wicked. was going so good at the beginning when we were talking about states' rights when it didn't matter. Yeah. It was so easy to talk about states' yeah. rights when we were talking about one-lane highways being expanded, um, Medicaid, you know, education. But all of a sudden, it gets to stuff where it's really killing babies and really having an impact yeah. in our social. So, so if you look, fabric, all of a sudden we got to read a bunch if of. If you bills. look what happened with, so 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 then the, the point is, you know, I, I, we'll probably get back talking about healthcare and, and jobs and and education and things. Actually, that require this is funding. all tied. It's all tied. It, it, it all together. ties. But what I'm trying to say is, loss. I don't know how much we spent, Brad, on on defending lawsuits with the federal government in the past. You probably do. How 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 much is it's a lot? I mean, so I think you just got to. You know, to Don't sit here tonight and, an, and answer how you're going to react and, and how you're going to assess what it's going to cost us, taxpayer dollars, to fight these fights. There, there's just a lot of hypotheticals you're getting into. I think that the, the right way to approach this is what, what's your moral compass? Where are you? And then yeah. when we get through them, then when we answer those things, right? But, but you've got to make decisions, too, based on, based on, on how what, – what's the – Man, I am so happy I'm not a slave right now, and I wasn't back in that time. <laughs> We just yeah. need more time. We just need we, more. We'd free. You, you just keep cooking Massa's meal. We got four led. We, we got figures it we out got for four you. bills coming up this next year, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we're, we're gonna like, get the lynch ropes shortened to four feet. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I was so worried about a six foot lynch rope. <laughs> Whoa, Have you seen the damage? Eight feet lynch ropes. That's, that's just, evil. That's evil. That's evil. Hey, Incrementalism. Yeah. Let's here's let's the, start to wrap this up. Yeah. Here's the thing. So. The thing that I think is that I, I would challenge both of you on, um, I, I think you, you both are professing Mormons, right? Is that is that true? No, you're not. No. Okay. Bring me a beer. Uh, okay. Hey! Oh! 
We, we got hey, some hey, scotch. I'm, I'm going to need a beer after this. You're a Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tell his pastor. Yeah. Um, I just want you to know, for not being a politician, you're doing are, great. Are you, wait, wait, so Brad, Brad uh, you aren't a Mormon? Are you, are you a believer in Christ? Or? Yeah. Episcopalian. 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 So you're okay. almost. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and Raul, Raul's a Mormon. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Now, I know, is it? Here, yes. here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a very complex judicial system that put Jesus to death. Right? Right. So we have, we have, and, and this is part of, this is part of the beauty of the gospel. It, is, it exposes our hypocrisy. Because what you have is you have, you have Pharisees who hate Jesus, these Jews who bring him, and they're, and they're, they're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and, and checking all the bureaucratic boxes of how to make sure they can figure out how to kill this man over Passover, how to get the Romans to do it for them because that would be unclean, you know, like all this stuff. They walk through it, and what do they do? What does this expose? It exposes the utter evil of man. And so much of it comes under the cover of doing it by the book. Yeah. Right. Following the rules. And an innocent man is put to death. Right? And right now, that's what's happening in our land in so many different ways. Abortion being the chief one. But there's tons of evil being done. And we, what are we doing? Following the book. Following the book, right? And, and I think one of the things that we would press with both of you is, yeah, you know, don't break God's law. Amen. We agree with that. But one of the things that Jesus said is he says, you break God's law by your traditions. And so you've got these Pharisees going around, you know, spying on them because they're, you know, plucking heads of grain and not washing their hands before dinner and all this nonsense, right? And he says, you break God's laws by your traditions of man. And that is happening on a grand scale in our land. And what we would plead with you to consider is how will you go in, if you are elected, to Boise and uphold God's law and defy all the traditions of man that are getting in the way of that. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're so excited to have you guys here. I hope that you still like us after all this. <laughs> it's that time. It's offering time. Go ahead and get your wallets out. Look at y'all. Y'all got nervous. Like, they're going to raise an offering? Now we have you might not know this, but we have Jeff Durbin here from Apology or Radio in the new show. Hey, that's right, hey, Jeff, Jeff Durbin. It's Q&A time, Q&A time, and uh, the host of next week, Jeff Durbin, has the microphone. Jeff, we're just going to turn it over to you. Go ahead and... Uh, hey, welcome. How you guys doing? Good? Hey, Jeff. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here with us tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Right, guys? Yeah. Thank you for sitting in the hot seat. <laughs> Jeff, All right. Jeff, tell, tell them kind of how Q&A will work. Uh, well, I'm just going to sit here and ask you questions for half an hour. No, I'm just going to. Uh, I'd love to do that, but I'm not. So what I'll do is I'll kind of ask a few questions here and there, and then I'll walk around. Just raise your hand. I'll bring the microphone to you. Sound good? Yes? Okay, this isn't story time or testimony time. 
So uh, if I come to you with the mic, try to keep your question as short and punchy as possible. Good? Yes? Okay, that's the only rule. All right, so I do have some questions to start with, if that's okay. So um, just related to the issue of abortion, and I know it's been uh, a, a tough one for the evening, but it's an important one, I think, to all of us, right? Uh, probably one of the most significant. So um, I think we're all concerned with uh, the issue of law and the standard of the Constitution. Yes? That's the most important thing to us. We all consider that. Uh, our Constitution states explicitly that it is Congress that makes laws and not the Supreme Court. Correct? So we're all in agreement on that. And so two major issues that the Supreme Court has ruled on that we think do damage to family, do damage to the moral position of our nation, abortion and marriage. Those are two issues that destroy uh, the fundamental blueprint of society. When God created, he created the family. And what we've done in the last generation is we've destroyed two pillars of that blueprint, and that is the family um, in terms of marriage and, of course, children. The Supreme Court made a decision in 1973, and they said that uh, what was in the womb was potential human life. And we know, of course, based on the scriptures, that's wrong. And based on biological science, we know it's not potential human life. It has all the biological components of a human being from conception. So a couple steps here. One, uh, biblically speaking, it's image of God. Amen? Amen. Worthy of our love, value, protection. And the second thing is, biologically speaking, as a human being from conception, there can be really no debate on that. And the third point is, according to Idaho law, and uh, Senator Foreman, you'd probably be able to back me up here in terms of the specific code, but in Idaho law, currently, abortion is considered murder. So... Considering the constitutional standard that it is Congress that make law, makes laws, the Supreme Court created no law. So Idaho, Idaho law reigns supreme here. So the question, I guess, in terms of principle, would you be willing to stand against the federal government in terms of the Supreme Court's opinion and defy the Supreme Court's opinion on both abortion and the gay marriage issue in principle. Now, in terms of like, I need to read a bill, of course we understand that, but in principle, are you willing to outright defy the Supreme Court's decision because the Supreme Court can't make law? Yes, and I like your beard a little better. Yes. And your question. Thank you. I, I know who I'm not that. voting yes. for now. Just, Thank you, sir. Your question, yes. In, in, in principle, yes. yes. Um, and, then, and then in practice, you know, you've got to Again, in principle, absolutely uh, agree with everything you've just said. And then uh, very disappointed in those decisions. And, and then we move forward with the laws that come through, and, and we defend the sanctity of life. Senator Governor? Well, I, I, I will clarify that the Supreme Court, I mean, that we do have three branches of government, and the third one's not, not dressing. They, they interpret whether all the other laws are compliant with the Constitution. And so I would not categorically say that I will pick and choose which Supreme Court rulings uh, I would, uh, and, we, and we have every chance to fight them, we have a chance to, to appeal them, and we do a lot of that in Idaho. We have a fund specifically for that. When we think there's a judicial ruling that's not fair, and we step out boldly in Idaho, but ultimately the Supreme Court does determine the constitutionality of an issue. Okay, quick question. Uh, in terms of your moral position, do you believe that abortion is murder? Yes. I, 
you know, abortion to me is 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 the issue of life, and and fundamental the issue of life, and and I believe that it is murder in the fact that that there should be every other option in the world other than abortion. Okay. If a lesser magistrate in the state of Idaho, uh, not a governor, a lesser magistrate over, say, a city or a town, if they criminalized and banned abortion under their jurisdiction, uh, would you prosecute them or would you stand with them? I want to make sure I understand the question. If a local jurisdiction, what do you mean by that? A lesser magistrate, uh, a mayor... Uh, a sheriff over a, a, a town or a city, if they criminalized abortion in their area and they felt they were doing their duty as a representative of their citizens and holding, upholding the laws of the state of Idaho, which criminalizes abortion as we speak, uh, would you stand with them or would you allow prosecution? Well, that's a judicial issue. Right. So would you stand with them or would you... Uh, protect or well, allow the prosecution. The, the only time it would come to the governor is if it was was if the judiciary, if 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 some action took place, and and there was a there was a, a legal proceeding, and and uh, the court said uh, you're you're above your authority, and that happens all the time. Uh, then that issue goes through the judicial branch and not the executive branch. Okay, if a sheriff in a town. Uh, felt they were doing their duty to protect the laws of Idaho and its citizens, and they blocked an abortion facility. Would you stand with that sheriff, or would you disagree with his actions? I would stand, I would stand with the sheriff if, if someone were to do that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor? Well, I... You know what? I'd, I'd have to know the circumstances, and I know you're going to give me a bunch of flack about this. I'm just going to scoot over this way. Because, you know, the issue is we still are a, are a country of laws. What's the Idaho law, Senator, about abortion? Senator Foreman? What's the current law in Idaho regarding abortion? I'll come to you one second. I, 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 I know what he's going to quote. I've, I've been there before. Yeah, I, I'm sure the lieutenant governor knows. Uh, abortion in Idaho by code is murder. However, there's an additional Idaho code that says you won't be prosecuted for having a legal abortion. Uh, I attempted last session to introduce a bill which would have eliminated the protection from prosecution. Wouldn't have changed any other Idaho code. Would have just dropped the protection, uh, the prohibition from uh, prosecuting someone for having an abortion. I'm going to bring that back again next session. So if we're in the question and answer session here, my question to both of these men, and I worked with Brad Little uh, in the Senate. He's an honorable man. And I talked to Tommy Alquist up in Coeur d'Alene. He's an honorable man. I sincerely believe that. They're both good men and they would, each of us, do us well as the next governor. But my question is to you gentlemen tonight, if I do bring that bill and get it through the Senate, that's assuming I get a hearing this time, get it through the Senate and get it through the House and it comes to you to be signed into law, and all the bill does is drop that couple of sentences that says you won't be prosecuted for an abortion, would you sign it into law? 
Yes. Thank you. Lieutenant Governor? You know, and, and I, uh, I didn't, because it never got on the floor, I never heard all the, all the details of the bill, Dan, but I, uh, I, you know, I'd have to look at the consequences of it. Uh, but from, from my standpoint, I think I've, I've got my, my right to life voting record is, is clear. And, and, and I'd have to look at it. Obviously, um, we have passed some of those bills uh, that have gone on to be uh, judicially overrode by, by a federal court. And that, that would be the risk that would appear there. But, it, but if we thought it had a chance of getting through, I'd, I'd, what, I'd, what if we don't have a chance to get, I mean, what if there is no reasonable, I mean, we just assume the feds are going to come. I mean, would you still sign it? Just, just on principle, just because it's the right thing to do. Well, I've, I've voted for, I've, I've got a record of voting for those in the past. I probably would. Yeah. Can we get the lieutenant governor some easy yes questions? Because <laughs> right now the doc's got all the easy yes questions. <laughs> uh, one more on this from the senator. Uh, just a quick follow-up. I don't want to take up all the time here. But, you know, I've discussed this with the deputy AGs, and I understand the lieutenant governor's concern about we have to operate within the legal system. However, in this case, uh, I think it would be important to go ahead and try for Idaho to stand up and say, we are not going to murder our kids here in Idaho, and then force this into federal court. And let it go up to the, let it go up to the Supreme Court. Amen. And I know that costs money, and that is a concern, but how do you put a price tag on human life? We'll just use that Fed money. Oh, well, we'll just use that Fed money and fight but, with them. But my question to, to both of you gentlemen is, what would be wrong with Idaho taking the lead and saying, no, we're not going to commit these abortions anymore, and if you want to take us to court, we'll see you in court, and we'll bring our checkbook, and we'll fight this all the way up to the Supreme and Court, where I think we could win. What's your point of view on that, putting it in the courts and fighting it out? Thanks, we've Senator. done that many times. And you, you and I both know it. We've, we've, we've been done that, but we're going to have a different Supreme Court pretty soon. And that's going to make a difference. That's what I'd say. With the new Supreme Court, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Here's, this, goes, this goes back to our, our states' rights um, conversation at the very beginning. One of the things I think would be really cool to see is if we did genuinely exercise our states' rights um, on this issue and see the culture of life spring up out of Idaho and the culture of, of death continue just to state over in the state of Washington and watch what the fruit of that looks like in the next 30 years, I think it would be powerful for the nation to see. This is what life looks like. Huge. Thank you, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. That was excellent. So just two quick punchy questions here. Uh, what's more ultimate in your mind, federal law or state law? What's more ultimate, federal law or state law? Your perspective. Well... Actually, it depends upon where you, what field you're in. If it's, it's one of the prescribed functions, obviously, national defense, it's federal law. Mm. Commerce between states, it's federal law. There's a whole realm of things that should be state law. And some of them, and the 10th Amendment says, or the people. Then it shouldn't be any law at all. Should be, it should be reside with the people. I agree. Okay. What's more ultimate in your mind, state law or the law of God? Ultimate. Law of God. Law of God. Law of God. Excellent, gentlemen. All right. Yes, sir. Come on, stand up. Your name? Uh, I'm Neil Alcamentris, and um, I want to appreciate you guys coming out. 
Now, I do have a question. I'm, I'm from California, and the people from California, I, I believe that they had, you were talking about how we have these morals, and that's what should lead us. And I think what we ended up saying was that they had the cojones to fight and kick so that they can legalize marijuana. For those of us who don't know what cojones means, that means balls, all right? They had the <laughs> balls to fight. And so my question then is for you, the people who have said that you care about God's law, you care about the life of babies, how then is us not fighting the way that they fight for their marijuana in the same way for these babies? How is that not a lack of having balls? We need another chair up here. Well, Neil, question about balls, gentlemen. That sounds like a medical question. I'll take that. No, actually, I'm in the livestock business. I got a little experience here. That's about the only surgery I've ever done. Uh, but, But we have, time and time again, on this issue, because it's critical to the people of Idaho, we have litigated this issue time and time again, and the issue is how do we couch the question to where... And, and, of course, we're couching the question, but then the rules are changing, the rules are changing, we're going to have a new Supreme Court. Just keep on slaving. Sir, your name? Uh, yeah. Thomas Lawford. Uh, I want to actually uh, comment first and then a, a question. Defend um, you guys for saying, I want to read the bill first. Today, the U.S. Congress voted no on the Hurricane Harvey Release Fund. They said No. We're not going to vote for money to go to Harvey. I don't think Congress is in session. Well, the, the bill the, went down today because there was more pork for New England states than Texas yeah. and Louisiana. That's what happened. With, That's uh, why you read the yeah. bills. Yeah. Because it had this great label. The, we want to relief Harvey hurricane victims. But that wasn't what the bill was about. It was about solar plants in Maine it was about stream widening in Connecticut. So you've got to read the bill. So I, I know that y- you, you said, you know, I don't read the bill. Well, we, but we gave him good language with Dan Foreman. And no one said don't read the bill. Yeah. So my, if you, when you talked about what can we do for leadership, and maybe this will appease these three guys because they don't like money going for things that they don't like, maybe a, a leadership approach for abortion might be, do what you want, but from now on, under my gubernatorial watch, there's not going to be one tax dollar that goes towards abortion. Mm-hmm. And since about 80% of them are subsidized, that kind of takes the feet right out underneath them. What would you think about maybe that type of legislation coming towards you? There's no state money in Idaho that goes to it. Well, yeah, well, they're subsidized from somewhere. Well, <laughs> so. well it's your money, but it's federal money. Yeah. It's federal, it's federal money. But but, but one of the bills that is coming forward is about funding, and so you support it, and and that will be coming through this session. Sir? Your name? Ken DeVries. What's up, Ken? How you doing? Hey, man. How you guys going? (laughs) Okay. We heard a lot of talk about the Tenth Amendment, but what I want to know is how far you guys are willing to do it. Now, I want to follow that up with just willing to enforce it. How many of you are familiar, I'm going to assume both of you are familiar with Thomas Jefferson? I heard of him, yeah. Okay. Good. How many of of you are familiar with his Kentucky Resolution of 1798? Mm. Never heard of it? No. Okay. Article 8 of Thomas Jefferson's Kentucky Resolution of 1798 states very clearly. Now, we would also have to agree that Thomas Jefferson was instrumental in creating our republic and our constitution 
and our form of government in general. If there was ever an expert on the American form of government, I think we would all concede that Jefferson would be among those people. Would we not? Article 8 of his Kentucky Resolution of 1798 clearly states that nullification of unconstitutional federal law is the correct remedy for federal overreach. Okay? I would challenge the two of you to go back and read his resolution. And then let's talk about the Tenth Amendment. Because what I'm hearing from the two of you guys is a lot of pass the buck. The Supreme Court does not have an enforcement arm. And contrary to Mr. Little's opinion, they are not the final arbiter of what is constitutional. According to Jefferson, the states are. Hmm. Comment, please. Gentlemen? Well, the states were, and then we had this little war in 18... I'm just telling you. More comment? That was a great statement. I didn't know if you had a question. or I mean, I think there's a lot of issues we need to push back on, and we need to get those rights back here. We've talked a lot about uh, a lot of issues, but, but, you, but we're, hopefully we get back to, to medicine. Hopefully we get back to health care, which is the issue of the day. We get to education. Issue, a lot of these issues need to come back. Death is a health care issue. Yeah, no, I get that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Trying to keep people alive. All right, sir. Name? My name is Jesse Smith. I'm a student at U of I. And uh, my question for you is, as we see college campuses becoming more and more liberal and with uh, free speech declining, and with gun rights in question, what are you going to do to protect First and Second Amendment rights on campus? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, well, the nice thing in the questions we got out today is the, the, the snowflake term came up. We love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this idea, listen, I think, um, I think one of the problems we have is the sec- secularization of society and, and moving away from God. Um, and, and I think for those of us that believe in Jesus Christ and God, is, we, we need to talk about it. We need to be vocal about it. Uh, we need to talk about those things that matter to us and uh, in any chance we get. And I think sometimes we're afraid to do that because it may not be politically correct. So I You think, don't say. <laughs> and then secondly, on the Second Amendment, I, th- I think that uh, there's a reason it's in the Constitution. We need to do everything we can to protect that everywhere, especially in Idaho, and I think that we set the example for that in the United States here, and we need to keep it that way. Hmm. Thank you, sir. Well, well, well Jesse, I, I mean, the best thing for a free society, and I, I always hear about, and, and there is a lot of liberalness on, on, on campuses, but I, I'm a firm believer of you give somebody education, they go out and get a job and start paying taxes, it's amazing how that liberal influence at that institution changes. Yeah. When you start to raise a family, you start to pay taxes, you start to be out in the real world, and those, those liberal tendencies of those college professors tend to wane over time every time one of those bills comes in to pay some taxes and when you try and raise a family. So follow-up on that, public education system... And at whatever level, uh, teaches our children these days that they are the, they're cosmic accidents, that they're bipedal protoplasm and a cosmos that doesn't care about them. Uh, the education system today teaches them a form of ethics, uh, that there are no ethical absolutes, that Heather has two mommies, male and male, female and female, man and dog, 
man and cow. There's really no standards ultimately. So given that the education system um, explicitly states that they're going to teach those sorts of things in that system, um, how is it not theft if I don't want to pay into that and it's taken from me by coercion? How is that taxation not theft? Uh, These Lataw County schools are getting to be something. But uh, I I told you, I'm a believer in public education. We have to fundamentally... How's that working out for you? uh, I I believe... (laughs) uh, 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 You know, my... I'm a result, and maybe that's a problem. I'm a, I'm a product of public education. My kids are a pop, uh, product of public education, and my grandson just started the first grade. Local control is the answer. If, if, the, if the values of that community are reflected in the people that administer the school board, and the school, and the school board hires the superintendent and the principals, then that will make a change. Yeah, on education, I think we, we probably ought to talk a little bit about where we are with most families in Idaho. You get outside of populated areas, you get in rural Idaho, you spend some time in the ER. We lead the nation in asset-limited, income-constrained, but employed, the working poor. There are people out there that are paycheck to paycheck to survive and to somehow think that they're all going to go to private school around the state of Idaho especially in these rural locations, is not going to happen. I have, there's 115 school districts. I've went and interviewed over half of them so far, and they are struggling to get by. And then you go meet with the parents and the families. We have got to be able to figure out how to do public education. And I agree with Brad that I think local control on those school boards about what's taught and having it be what they want taught there and, and letting that local influence happen is, is critical. Isn't there, though, going to always be um, strings attached to the money? So part of the concern is, is that if the funding is coming, from, even if it's coming from state level, coming from beyond that, people who pay into it have a natural interest in knowing what's being taught. And if you believe that it's very important to teach the children that they are a cosmic accident, because Darwin said so, right? You accidentally got here. Boom. Right? They believe it's morally imperative to teach that then it would make sense that they would want to make sure that the money they're giving to the schools are going to teach that, right? So, I mean, how do we interact with that if, the, if, if we, again, we pass the money over to someone else and then they pool it all together and then they create this public system? You see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going back to what you said before. And I think you're going to have to get local control, strip down what, what you do there, but you're going to have to have funding for these public schools. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know what you're trying to say. I, I don't think you're going to abolish public education well, no, no. Well, what, in what the state think, of Idaho. Well, what, about, gonna, what about, like, what if counties did public education? Didn't you just say that there was a, pro- a program that you were working on and working with where it was, it was privatized and it was reaching these communities? Yeah. So then why do we need the public form? Why do we need to take my money to do that if I can freely give it to a program that I think is working? Yeah. I can play Jeopardy music if you want me to. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I get your points. I, I mean, I, I think you spend enough time in these rural communities. People are struggling to survive, guys. Sure. Yeah. They, and I'm willing to donate to those communities. Yeah, well, and I know a uh, you lot better of have families. A lot, you better Give have me a lot my money, money. I know, I know and I'll show you how you take care of the problem. You better have a lot of money. Well, be, you guys are taking it, right? Um, uh, so I know a lot of families and a lot of people are willing to donate their time to make sure those rural communities are getting educated. Instead of having our hands tied... Yeah. By a federal and, government, and you, and you did say earlier that Can you, you thought it, w- it made better fiscal sense for people to spend the money the, in the best way they saw fit. 
yeah. rather than passing it around. So if, if we're free to have more of our own money, then we're free to give our money where we, where we see the needs. Sure. No one cares more about education than Christians. Over history, that's been proven. Yeah. Right? Teach Give you. us our money yeah. and watch what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even with the money, the limited funds that we have now, we're doing amazing things. But how much more could we do if we had even more of our own money to do it with? So education, no one cares more than us about the situation. And we're right. willing to fight for that in every aspect because it's a, it's a life issue. Right? Yeah. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to go to the next question. Sir, name? Daniel Anderson. Um, I'm from Washington. That's my home state, but I'm happy to be a resident of Idaho now. Um, One of the big issues in Washington is the issue of administrative law. Um, And there are a couple issues that have been brought up this evening that have to do with that. One of them being the transgender issue, um, because in Washington that was put in place by bureaucrats making rules under the authority of the governor. Um, and another issue that's close to our hearts, my family's heart, is uh, the issue of government regulations of business. Um, we've had to back away from working in Washington because the regulations are so outrageous. And so my question to you is, what will you do as governor to protect the citizens of Idaho from administrative tyranny? Well, well Daniel, we got to <laughs> welcome to Idaho. <laughs> we, we, we've, got a, we've got a system in Idaho that's the envy of most states where any administrative rule and uh, you know the legislature same thing happens in Congress legislature Congress will pass a bill and says the agency will promulgate rules but in Idaho those rules come back and Senator Foreman and the rest of the legislature get to review those rules and decide whether they match up with the intent of that legislation and we just had a constitutional amendment a couple of years to put that in the Constitution so that the people, the, the, the people represented by the legislature, get to review those rules so you don't have this runaway administration that takes place, particularly in Congress and also in a lot of other states. I would only add, as, as a business owner, I, I agree, great place to do business, but there is way more we can do. In almost every single industry, you talk about the regulations that have coming. Some of them are through the EPA, through DEQ here, but a lot of them are state. There's way more we can do to just strip out those regulations and mandates and let businesses thrive. Yeah. It's actually step on that and tax policy to allow our businesses to really take off in Idaho. We've got to do it. We've got to do it quickly. Thank you, sir. Name? Tom Stevenson. Um, don't worry, I'm not, I've, I've edited this since this has Woo! been going on. So, yeah. <laughs> you wrote something down. <laughs> That's right. Well, I told you the other day, Gabe, I was getting a question ready, and I was. So uh, this may actually uh, have more uh, to do with Dr. Alquist. Uh, not intentionally, just happened to be that way. But said, in July of 2016, a controversial mandatory vaccine law, uh, State Bill 277, took place in California. And it came about under much protest. And Governor Brown uh, and apparently the legislatures of California felt they knew what was better for their children's health than the parents did. I'm sure that they were told, as you probably have been told, Dr. Alquist, that these vaccines are safe and proven efficacious. But yet, over the last 20 to 30 years, the Vaccine Injury Board of the federal government has paid out $3.5 billion dollars to vaccine-injured children on safe and effective vaccines. Now, we're confronted with governments 
throughout the United States, of which California, I think, is the fourth or fifth to enact mandatory vaccination. By that, I mean uh, religious exemptions and exemptions uh, of a belief held as strongly as a religious belief have been removed from uh, means for not having your children vaccinated. Uh, now we're confronted with government who want to impose a false narrative about the importance of vaccines and its role in reducing pertussis, polio, diphtheria, when even the CRC's own charts show that there already had been a 90% reduction in morbidity of these diseases before the vaccines even came out. When, the actual, when in actuality it was clean water and indoor plumbing that reduced the effect of um, infectious disease within communities. These vaccines have not been proven safe. And with the U.S. being 34th in the world in infant mortality rates, and with our children by the age of five receiving nearly twice as many vaccines as any other industrialized nation, we should ask the question, are the efficaciousness, um, uh, I'm sorry, we should ask the question, are the efficaciousness in improving, the, what is the efficaciousness of these vaccines in improving the health of the children? You need to research these, this issue for yourselves. My question is for you, is this. Do you believe parents are more qualified to make decisions concerning their child's health and education than some politician with a conflict of interest? Would you sign a bill mandating vaccination for all children and or adults? Thank you, sir. Gentlemen? I absolutely wouldn't. I'll give you a personal story. I only have one sibling. It's a sister two years younger than me. Her name's Shalise. Uh, she is mentally handicapped because of a seizure she had after, after her vaccinations. Um, she seized for two days as an infant and has never been the same again. Uh, so it's a very personal uh, thing for me, and I, and I do not. And I think there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of money to be made from vaccines. And uh, I'd love to spend more time with you on specific issues. I, I worry when we lump everything into one, one pile because there's a lot of other specifics. There's a lot of really ethical decisions I've had to make with, with newborns in the ER over a 20-year career. Uh, so I'd love to spend more time, but I think it's very clear for me on vaccines, no. And I think the latest is the HPV vaccine that's been pushed so heavily on everybody. Mm. Um, it's just, uh, it, it, that's just not right. And, and I'm very clear on that, uh, but I'd love to talk to you after about some of the other specifics. Mm. Tom, we should always opt for parental choice. Okay. Excellent. Jeff, let's do two more questions. Gotcha. Okay. okay, this is Marcus Pittman. Hey, guys. I was just wondering if you believe that a woman who has an abortion is a murderer. Uh, you know, having, having, having dealt with a career of these women coming into the ER after complications. Uh, I have so much empathy for them in the situation that they're in. It's hard for me to be, but yes, I mean, I, I think it is. And I just, uh, I just, my heart aches for them. The situation they're in, the choice they're made, the bad information they're given, the lack of options. There, there's just so much to it, but yes, I, I just think it's, it's, uh, it's tragic. Well, Tom, I, you know, the issue is we just don't want this to happen, and 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 the the 
we need to create every incentive in the world for there not to be abortions. Because I believe in life. I guess the question is, we say that abortion is bad, but ultimately and foundationally, why is it bad? And so he said, yes, it's bad because it's murder. Why do you believe abortion is bad? Uh, it, it's, it's bad because of the preciousness of life. Is it murder? Okay. So I guess one of the concerns is this, is the pro-life movement over the last uh, over 40 years has been an abysmal failure. 60 million babies dead means you failed. And the pro-life movement consistently calls women victims uh, nationally. The, we just did an interview with the uh, president of the uh, National Right to Life. And uh, they move away from the calling it murder. They refer to women as victims. And they're not looking to criminalize abortion on a national level. They just say the same sorts of things. It's bad. It's wrong. We respect life. We don't want to do it. But I think especially, gentlemen, um, and I honor your positions and what you're, what you're moving towards in terms of being a governor, we all understand that um, we can't legislate against something that someone says is icky or I just don't like that. We have to say, why, why is it wrong? Is it a moral issue? Is it a moral failure? What kind of moral failure is it? And then we can legislate against it. And as long as the pro-life movement doesn't call it murder and continues to shape the discussion in terms of saying women are just victims, we'll never end abortion in our nation. That's, and that's the concern. And if, and if we continue to wait, and, and gentlemen, I mean this with all the honor and respect due to you and your position, if we continue to wait until the Supreme Court um, makes a different decision, um, then we're never going to end abortion. And here's one reason why. Uh, this is the unspoken secret of the pro-life movement, and it's very, very important and vital to get right. Because the pro-life movement has accepted um, the unconstitutional standard that Roe v. Wade created a law that subverts the laws of the states, it didn't. Because the pro-life movement has operated on that basis, the pro-life movement has actually created laws in the states that protect abortion locally, so that if Roe v. Wade ended tomorrow, abortion is still legal in the states because of the pro-life movement. Wow. Right, so a law saying that, you know, after 20 weeks, then it's murder. The, the incremental the, legislation... It's, it's protecting all the abortions yes, that are happening before 20 weeks. The pro-life movement's incremental legislation protects abortion at the state level, so if Roe v. Wade ends now, it's still happening in the states tomorrow because of the pro-life movement, because we don't call it murder, because we say women are victims, and because we say Roe v. Wade is a law, we've protected abortion at the state level. So I guess one of the concerns of Marcus, and this is an important one, is if we say women are victims in abortion, then there's nothing to prosecute. It's not a crime because they're victims. So in terms of being consistent as pro-life, as people who profess pro-life, and I really appreciate the answer, how do we consistently fight against abortion so that we can actually end abortion? If women are victims, we don't prosecute. It, let, let me add to that too, Jeff. Sure. If, if we label it how God labels the issue, then we're actually um, being able to bring clarity to a situation where the woman was really forced to have an abortion. 
Yes. Right? So if, if, if it's labeled as murder and the woman was forced to have an abortion, then we know how to free her from that judicial process, right. from, from actually being a murderer, because she's not. That's she right. was forced in that process. That's right. But we have to be able to label it rightly before we can even be able to sort through those issues where, where she was forced or whatever the situation is. Yeah. Yes, sir. Name? Uh, Paul Kimmel with the Avista Corporation. Uh, we're the utility. We serve four western states, over 200 communities. I want to talk a little bit about economic vitality here. I know Lieutenant Governor Little has some ideas and certainly has been engaged in rural economic development. I want to maybe expand a little bit on that. Yes, sir. A little bit from both of our uh, candidates tonight. Thanks. Do you have a specific uh, angle you want to approach it from? No, I just I, I work in a lot of communities, over 200, and I see a lot of struggles. And I know there's some ideas and plans out there. I just want to see what... You say you deal with electricity, electrical stuff? Yeah, but... So you're a very powerful man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Yes. I also have light bulbs in my trunk. Do you really? Gentlemen? Well, I mean, if, if we want our kids to stay in Idaho, they've got to have... Because society and modern technology continues to supplant jobs. I mean, the, 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 the farms, the mills, the manufacturing facilities, every one of them, some smart kid from a, an institution is coming up with some way to supplant jobs. So we have to create new opportunities. You know, one of, one of your sponsors here, EMSI, is an industry that didn't even exist a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they provide data for companies all over the world, right here, about a block and a half from here. And, and we have to give our kids the tools and create an environment with the lightest possible hand of government to where entrepreneurs can give an opportunity to where people can raise their families, live here in Idaho, and return back to Idaho for whatever reason they've had to leave. So, so this, is, this is the issue of our day. We compete with states around us. We can't be naive. We are competing right now and we are losing. We need to reform our tax code to be more competitive. We haven't done that in a long time, but we, have, we must look at the taxes that allow businesses to thrive. We need to get rid of mandates. We need to connect our kids to jobs. Uh, that is critical that we do that. It's, been doing, it's being done in some places in the state, but there's so much more we can do to get our kids ready for the jobs that are right here. If we do that, that's the foundation of our economy. The economy of Idaho, though, is built on the backs of small business. And we need to do every single thing we can to let those small businesses thrive in the state. There's more we can do. I'm excited to do it. Gentlemen, just one more question. One last Sorry, question. We'll do a, fa- a quick one. Yes, sir. Name? Gresham Bauma. And uh, thank you for this opportunity. I just wanted to, to ask you, you both have, would probably indicate that you're in favor of choice in education. Would you guys, either of you or both of you, support dollar-for-dollar tax credits for people that contributed to the education of their choice or that spent money educating their children according to their own choices? Would you support dollar-for-dollar tax credits uh, for money that they spent doing that at the state level and support um, legislation that changed how the counties functioned as well regarding education? Yes. I mean, the devil's in the details always, but yes, we've got to be careful in rural Idaho would be my only... You get out in rural and remote Idaho, you've got to make sure that the language of that is, is clear, but yes, I would. 
Well, Gresham, I've, I've got a record of supporting almost all the alternative education uh, bills that have come up. And I've just, anything we do in, the, in this vein, as long as it doesn't blow up the system to where we can't fund rural schools in Idaho, I'm all for. Thank you, sir. Well, we need to uh, we need to thank these gentlemen for coming yes, out. Yes. Yep. Let's, let's thank them. Thank you. And we want to thank you for coming out tonight too. Thank you guys for showing up. Give yourselves a hand. Y'all yeah. are thank awesome. You. We wanted to uh, encourage you thank to you. listen to uh, Cross Politic. Uh, we have a podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, we want you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And until next time, go fight, laugh, and feast. Thank you guys for showing up.